The Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society, a podcast dedicated to suspense, crime, and horror stories from the golden age of radio. I'm Eric. I'm Tim. And I'm Joshua. We love mysterious old-time radio stories, but do they stand the test of time? That's what we're here to find out. It's still 2020, and thanks to COVID-19, we join each other via Zoom to bring you the fifth installment of a six-part Suspensorama, featuring suspense episodes selected by you, our mysterious listeners. Over the last few years, we've received multiple requests for The Bells, and today, we finally get a chance to hear it. Through the 1940s and into the early 1950s, Suspense is one of radio's most highly regarded anthology programs. By the late 1950s, though, radio's outstanding theater of thrills wasn't so outstanding anymore. Dramatic radio was disappearing from the airwaves thanks to the ascension of television. Loss of sponsorships meant CBS could no longer afford A-list talent. Instead, the network relied on regional radio actors and supplemental run-of-the-mill scripts with recycled stories from other long-vanished radio series. The Bells was written by Jack Bundy, who wrote another late-era suspense play, The Green Idol. The stars were Rosemary Rice and Bill Lipton. Rice had a busy career in radio, appearing mostly on dramas and soap operas before starring in the 1950s television series Mama. Co-star Bill Lipton appeared in several episodes of X-1 and at least one episode of the television version of Tom Corbett, Space Cadet. And now let's listen to The Bells, first broadcast August 6th, 1961. It's late at night and a chill has set in. You're alone and the only light you see is coming from an antique radio. Listen to the sounds coming from the speakers. Listen to the music and listen to the voices. And now, another tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. Do you believe in ghosts? No? Well, then, how about uh, poltergeists? You know, those noisy, mischievous spirits that rap on the walls, move the furniture, rattle the windows, generally make a scary nuisance of themselves? Do you? Believe in them, I mean? Of course not. Neither do I. And yet, now and then, we hear reports, reports from people of honesty, integrity, about strange, unexplainable manifestations that have sent them screaming with terror into the night. In a moment, act one of Bells, starring Rosemary Rice and Bill Lipton, and written especially for suspense by Jack Bundy. Today agrees. Those who think young say Pepsi, please. They picked the right one, the modern light one. Now it's Pepsi. For those who think young, so go ahead and pick the drink that lets you drink young as you think. Yes, get the right one, the modern light one. Now it's Pepsi. For those who think young. Oh, 
call this home? Well, it won't be for long, because listen. Listen, Henry. Well, Anna, listen to what? That blasted elevated practically tearing through our living room every couple of minutes, all day, all night, all week, all year. Henry, listen. Listen to it. Right on cue, too. So help me, Lucy. Oh, uh, what's the use? Oh, uh, honey, seriously, if we have to live in this place much longer, I swear I'll go completely off my nut. I know exactly what you mean. I felt that way myself. But from now on, Mr. Fielding, my dear, my darling Mr. Fielding, it won't be necessary. Are you kidding? No. I've never talked to so many real estate agents, plowed through so many classified ads in my life, and what's it got me? Darling, it's got you me. And listen to me, I've told you more than once that I'm psychic. And now I know that I am. Oh, please, honey, not that again. How about some dinner? But it's true, and now I know it is. Now I can prove it. You mean that so-called guardian angel of yours has found us a nice, quiet little home in the country that we can afford? That's exactly what I mean, because listen, Henry, listen very carefully now. Really, Lucy, I've told you a thousand times you can't seriously believe all that psychic stuff and all that junk about a guardian angel. It's not junk. My guardian angel looks after me, and I'm sure of it now. You are. Yes, I am. Look. Look at this newspaper. You see? It isn't the Herald Examiner at all. It's the Sentinel. You mean because you picked up the wrong newspaper by mistake, that makes you psychic? It wasn't any mistake. A few minutes ago, as I was leaving the supermarket, for some strange reason I can't explain, there, there was something... Something, some strange feeling, some influence or something that just made me reach out and grab this particular paper. Made me, Henry. I, I couldn't help myself. So you're psychic. How about some dinner? Well, I am. I must be. Because look, look, here on the real estate page. Honey, I've read them all. Henry, not this one. Will you listen? Small, six-room colonial cottage within easy driving distance of Bell Manor development. Oh, now, you know darn well we can never afford a section like that. Bell Manor yet. Will you please listen? Excellent condition, bank inspected, fully insured. Two bedrooms, one bath. And have they dared to put in the price? Wait. Large living room with stone fireplace, built on garage, full half-acre plot, ideal for young couple anxious to get away from the noise and dirt of the city. And if this isn't just exactly what we've been looking well, for. Sure, sure it is. But the rental on a place like that would be about, I'd say, 300 Henry, and... that's just it. The rental is $115 a month. Oh, now you are kidding. <laughs> Look for yourself, see? $115 a month. I can't believe it, but that's what it says in black and white. Oh, Henry, it's a dream come true. And all because of my guardian angel and that strange, unexplainable feeling. Well, there's something wrong with it. Let's face it, Lucy. There must be a rental like that for a place like that in this day and age. Well, at least we're going to look into it, aren't we? Honey. But we have to. I, I mean, because of the way we found out about it. The way that, that something I can't explain forced me to buy this paper to find this particular ad. Now, your good old guardian angel. Oh, please, dear. Don't kid me about okay. it. Okay. Okay, we'll look into it. We've got to lose. Who's the agent? Oh, let's see. Uh, his name is... Oh, here it is. Strickler. Orville Strickler. I'll call him first thing in the morning. Oh, thank you, darling. And if there isn't something wrong with it, well... Well, honey, maybe I'll give in and admit that you are psychic. In just a moment... The second act of Suspense. When Napoleon met his Waterloo, the news was slow in coming across the Atlantic. 
However, at that time, Americans, though interested, were little affected by what was taking place an entire ocean away. Today, that ocean has shrunk proportionately to about the size of Walden Pond, with little of the serenity about it so admired by Thoreau. Today, we want to know immediately what is going on all around the world. Our concern is vital to the free world. The worldwide network of veteran CBS News correspondents meets this need to know and know immediately. Every hour on the hour, every day, Monday through Friday, this station of the CBS radio network brings you expanded CBS News coverage, the most complete network news coverage and broadcasting today. Throughout the weekend, too, timely news reports at frequent intervals. Keep up with the news as it happens by keeping tuned to this CBS radio network station. And these pictures, Henry. Oh, isn't it beautiful? Gorgeous, huh? Yeah, Lucy, it looks real nice, but, uh... When were these pictures taken, Mr. Strickler? Only a couple of days ago, Mr. Fielding. Took them myself as soon as we got the place for a listing. It's no wonder we've had so many calls on it already. And we certainly can't argue with this bank report on it. That's right, Miss Fielding. The bank wouldn't dare to lie about the place. Well, I still don't understand this low rental. Can you explain it? Well, uh, of course it isn't in Bell Manor. It's two or three miles out. Real country. Farm country. Mm, that's what I like about it. But it has gas and water and electricity all all ready to use. And, uh, we, well, of course, the telephone's the old-fashioned kind. I mean, you have to call the operator. <laughs> Who cares? Darling, this is it. Yep. Yeah, I guess it is. Thanks, darling. And now, do you believe? <laughs> sure. Sure, anything you say. Believe what, Miss Fielding? Mr. Strickler, oh, you pay no believe... attention, Mr. Strickler. My wife's a bit superstitious. Thinks she's psychic is all. Think nothing of it. Psychic, did you say? What's the matter, Mr. Strickler? Huh? Oh, 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 nothing. <laughs> like your husband says, nothing at all. It's just that the, uh, the last folks in the house, well, you know how it is. The noises some folks aren't quite used to out there in the country. Uh, like the tree branches hitting on the roof when the wind blows. And, uh, well, now, let me tell you young ones something. Yes? I just want you to know that I stand back of every deal I make. So you take along both copies of this lease. And when you've seen the house, make sure it's right for you. Then you can mail my copy back to me. Oh, I'm sure that isn't one bit necessary, Mr. Well, that's just about as fair a proposition as we could ask for, Mr. Strickler. Now, uh, if you let me have the keys... Yes, sir. Here you are. Thanks. And good luck. I never realized we'd had so many things in that stuffy little apartment. Unless we'll have to oh. buy to fill up this place. Now, where do you want this chair? Mm -hmm. This side or over there near the fireplace? Oh, anywhere. Okay, then I'll put it right here and put it to use. Oh. Well, we'll still have to buy things for one whole bedroom, though. For guests? Mm hmm? Let them bring their sleeping bags. By the time we get all this stuff set, we'll be glad it's all we have. Why, you lazy bum. There's still an awful lot of unpacking to do. Oh, hum. Just let me relax for a minute, huh? Some of this furniture was pretty hefty to push around. Well, I still think the movers should have stayed to help. Say, did you hear one of them say they moved the last family in and out of here? Mm. Those men were certainly anxious to get away once they'd unloaded that truck. I wonder why. Oh, so they want to get back before the storm broke. Afraid of our back country roads, I guess. Henry, uh. how do you think these drapes will look here on... 
Henry, come on, help me, hmm? Huh? Huh? Oh, oh, I'll be right with you as soon as I finish this cigarette. You'd better. Oh, listen to that rain out there. Isn't that soothing? You know, I just knew this was going to be it for us, Henry. After buying that other newspaper that way, for no reason at all except that weird, strange feeling that, that, I, that I had yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, regular miracle. <laughs> you know, I didn't tell you this, but I was out in this section with an agent just last week. And do you know the lowest rental we could find? Two hundred and a quarter. I was out here, too. Mm-mm, two hundred and fifty. And not nearly as nice as this. Yeah, that sweet old guardian angel you're always talking about must be working overtime. <laughs> Henry, don't joke about it. Okay, then prove it. Now, here's your chance to prove it, Lucy. Call in some friendly poltergeist to help me move the rest of this furniture, huh? Oh, now stop it, you lazy bum. <laughs> but you are a nice lazy bum. Yeah, best there is. Ah, uh, listen, that lovely rain out there and the thunder. Nothing ominous, menacing, or frightening. Well, I should hope not. Just nice and peaceful. No, I guess the land up this way can stand a bit of rain, too. The crop's a lot of good. <laughs> crops, did you say? Yeah. Oh, now, look, little city boy. Don't try to sound like a farmer just because there's a little plot of land around us. And will you please get up out of that chair and help? Henry! Whoa. Sure. Sure, sweetie. You don't have to hit me over the head with a thunderbolt. Ooh, that was a close one. Out here in the country all alone, this way it's kind of scary. All alone, did you say, huh? How about that? We barely move in here. Somebody calls us up on the phone. (laughs) Come to think of it, he did tell us the phone was all hooked up. Where is it? Oh, I'm glad it is hooked up. Now we can call up some of our friends and have them come out and see us. I wonder who it is. Here it is under this crate. Uh, Here now. Hello? But don't invite anybody up here just yet. Not till we're settled, okay? Don't worry. Hello? Hello? What's going on here? Who is it, Henry? I only wish I... Hello? Hello? Number, please. What? I said number, please. Well, yeah, yeah, I I know you did, but... Listen, didn't you just ring here? No, I did not, sir. Are you sure about that? Of course I am, sir. Well, okay, I'm sorry. That's funny. Who was it, Henry? Nobody, nothing. I... Guess she must have rung us by mistake. Oh. Now, will you give me a hand with these drapes, please? Yeah, sure. Be glad to. Oh, oh hold everything. And this time, I hope there's somebody on the line. Hello. Oh, now, just a minute. What is this? Hello. Hello. Number, please. Number, please. Listen, this phone just rang again. You must be mistaken, sir. I didn't ring you. Well, somebody did, operator. My wife and I both heard it. Well, there's no call for you on the switchboard, sir. Well, then why'd you ring? I did not ring, sir. Now, don't tell me. Okay, okay. Henry, there was nobody there again, was there? Nobody but the operator and those funny little... She claims she didn't ring. That's very funny. Yeah, funny. Only it isn't this time. Hello. All right, all right, let's have it. What's the gag? Hello. Hello. Number, please. Now, look, operator, don't tell me you didn't ring the phone this time. Henry! I'm sorry, but I did not, sir. Well, I'm sorry, too, but you must have. I tell you, this phone rang. It rang before, too, in spite of what you say. Now, let's cut out this foolishness. I am very sorry, sir, but you must be mistaken. What do you mean? What are you talking about? It could only have been rung through this switchboard. I'm on duty alone here, and I did not ring it. Oh, no? And now, if you will excuse me, I have another call to handle. All I have to say is that somebody around here, and it isn't me, is a cockeyed... 
Hello. Son of a gun, she can't hang up on me. Just what does she think she's up to? No, wait, Henry. Losing your temper won't help. Now, wait a minute. Hello. Operator. Get out. Get out. What? What? Get out. Get out. Get out. Wait now. Wait, will you? What is this? Get out. Get out. Get out. Operator. Get out. Operator. Get out. Get out. Get out. Get out. Get out. Get out. No. This is crazy. What is, Henry? What is it? Tell me. Sure, I'll tell you. It's a crazy gag or something. Gag? Well, I've had enough of it. I'm tearing out this phone. Henry! We'll have no more of that nonsense. Darling, I've never seen you this way. What's the matter? Nothing, not now. The cord broken off, it won't happen again because it can't happen again. No! No is right! Henry, tell me what is it? What happened? And the telephone... How could it ring after you... Couldn't. It's impossible. So it didn't. We... We were hearing things. No, no, Henry. You know that isn't so. Yes, yes, it has to be. You know it, I know it. No. We just... We only... Now, Lucy, we only thought we heard it ring again. That isn't true. It has to be. Anything else simply doesn't make sense. And you were hearing something on that phone before, weren't you? Weren't you, Henry? All right. Yes. Yes, I was hearing something. A lot of laughing, chattering, screwy. A lot of little tiny... And a woman's voice, only... Well, don't you see? It was only some practical joker. It had to be. No, no, Henry, I'm afraid not. Well, what else could it be? Some of your supernatural spirit friends, I suppose... Yes. Oh, Lucy, Lucy, don't be ridiculous. Please, Henry, you must listen to me. No, no, the whole thing's ridiculous. Utterly ridiculous. No, Henry, you said a woman's voice. All this work, the excitement of getting here, that's all it is. You said a woman's voice, Henry. Forget it. Just forget it, Lucy. It's just that we're... excited. Now, listen. You go out, make a pot of coffee, we'll, we'll sit down and relax and be real calm about this. We'll sit down, we'll calmly... Well, don't you see? We're overwrought. We're overworked with all this moving, Lucy, and... All the excitement. That, 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 that's all it is. I wish to heaven I could believe it. Oh, it has to be, I tell you. No. It's the only possible explanation there can be for a... Henry! No. Lucy, just... Oh, it's all right. It's a doorbell. Okay. Henry, please don't answer it. Well, there's a bell that makes some sense for a no. change. Well, what if it's, if it's... Just take it easy now. Yeah? Huh? Henry, Henry, please, dear. There was... There was no one there. Darling, are you sure? Yes, yes, I'm sure. I'm absolutely sure there was no one there. Henry, don't you see what this means, then? It's this house... Oh, no. Lucy, no, no. What you're thinking is just a lot of crazy no, superstition. Please listen to me. You know what it means, too. It's this house. Oh. Okay, I'm going to find out what it means. Henry! Yes, hello. Who are you? Who rang this bell? Where are you? Who are you? No. No, do you believe? No! 
Were there any wet footprints on the porch? No, there wasn't any wet footprints. There weren't any dry footprints. There wasn't anything. Then it proves it, Henry. It's a warning. We've got to leave. We've got to get out of here. Get out of here? Yes, now, before it's too late. Why? Now. Why, Lucy? Just because of that telephone, because some crazy voice on it said we should... Is that what it said? Then we've got to... Because this house is haunted. It's full of evil spirits. Oh, no, no. That's nonsense. Is, you it know is, it is. It and is. you've got to get over this crazy idea that anything that happens, anything you can't explain is supernatural. It's haunted. That's why the phone rang. And the doorbell rang. And there was nobody there. There's some evil, evil spirit. No, no, Lucy. No, no. Yes. It's some practical joke, that's all. Now, stop this nonsense. Get hold of yourself. Come on. The rent is so low. Nobody will stay here. It's why that agent was so, so startled when you told him that I'm psychic. Lucy. I am Henry. And there is something wrong with this place. We've got to get out of here. No. You've got to believe it. We've got to leave or something terrible will happen And to I us. say you've let your crazy ideas go too what far. What else can it be? I don't know. I don't know. But there has to be some logical explanation. No. And I'm not going to let a lot of superstitious hogwash. Okay. Now we tear that thing off the wall. Right off the wall. Okay. All right. Here. Look at it. Now it's stopped. And now you listen, Lucy. Please, please, you listen. You're only losing your temper, refusing to see what this really means. This is a storm. The air's full of electricity. The long wires that were hooked up to these things. Are... No, no. The long telephone lines out there and the lightning. That's what did it. Now, be sensible. We've got to keep our heads about this. And the voices you heard, can you explain them? Yes. Yes, I can. The wires got crossed up in the wind, and that's all. And when it rang again, afterwards... Our fatigue, our excitement. I tell you, we were excited. We only thought we heard it. No, no, you're wrong. Please, Henry, I'm begging you. Let's leave. Let's get out of here. Go, go, go back into town to some, some hotel. Lucy. Yes, yes. Look, some hotel in town is this far away from the terrible things in this... And I say why? Is this thing rung again? Has this doorbell rung again since I ripped it off the wall? Please, Henry. No, of course it hasn't. Oh, Henry, let's get out of here. Don't you see, honey, what all that guardian angel stuff, all that psychic talk has done to you? No. It's made you believe in all this impossible stuff and how it's frightened you because of it. No. It can't be. It can't be. It's impossible. Here you are, Mr. and Mrs. Fielding, room 314. I'll just set these bags here in the rack. There you are, sir. Fine, fine. Here you are, son. Thank you, sir. Anything else you'd like? Uh, maybe from room service or something? No, no, that'll be all. Yes, sir. Oh, uh, the telephone is right there in the night table if you want it. Telephone? No, thanks. Uh, yes, sir. Oh, if you'd like a little news and music, I'll put on this radio for you. Fine. Take a few seconds to warm up. Okay, thank you. I don't know how good it'll be, though, after that big storm we had. Well, night, sir. Good night. You feel better, honey? Thanks, darling. I, I feel a lot safer now. Lucy. Lucy, I still can't you know, help wondering if we weren't a little foolish letting our imagination run away with us out there just lightning. because we were tired and storm. At this moment, both local and Dorchester County police are making every effort to locate a Mr. and Mrs. Henry Fielding. Henry, listen. According to our report, they were the new tenants of a small home on the outskirts of the Bell Matter development that was struck by lightning Fine. during the heavy rain and thunderstorm that ended a short while ago. Lucy. Fortunately, there was no fire, nor were any other homes in the area affected. 
But that single bolt of lightning struck the fielding home with such force as to completely demolish the living room. Where a neighbor had reported seeing lights on, people moving about only a few minutes before. However, no sign of either them or their car has been found at the scene. And it's barely possible that they left before the lightning struck. Good Lord. This has not been confirmed. If they did leave, whatever their reason, we can only say it was indeed providential they weren't in that house when this catastrophe occurred. If anyone has any information as to the whereabouts of a Mr. and Mrs. Henry Fielding, please notify this station or the Dorchester County Police. Henry? I know, darling. Your guardian angel. Suspense. You've been listening to Bells, starring Rosemary Rice and Bill Lipton, and written especially for Suspense by Jack Bundy. In a moment, a word about next week's story of Suspense. The roots of athlete's foot grow down here, down under the skin surface. But NP27 treatment penetrates down where other remedies can't reach. Roots out athlete's foot. Even penetrates into toenails. NP27 stops itch, relieves pain, promotes growth of healthy skin, guards against new infection. NP27 treatment roots out athlete's foot. Or your druggist will refund your money. Get NP27 treatment. Suspense is produced and directed by Bruno Zorato Jr. Musical supervision by Ethel Huber. Heard in tonight's story were Tony Darnay, Lawson Zerby, and Larry Robinson. Babe Ruth was a great, but these days, with other factors, other techniques, can there be a greater than the greatest? CBS Radio Network's Battle of the Batters will be heard instead of suspense this following weekend only. Suspense will come to you here the following weekend. This is the CBS Radio Network. That was The Bells from Suspense here in the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society podcast. Once again, I'm Eric. I'm Tim. And I'm Joshua. Well, we've had a lot of requests for The Bells, as Joshua pointed out in our intro. And Joshua, there's other suspense listener requests. So why did you stick The Bells into this? Well, because... A, it's one of the few episodes of Suspense that we've had multiple requests for. I have lost all those requests. <laughs> That's why I didn't mention anyone by name. So if you requested the bells, thank you, and I'm sorry. Uh, but honestly, I think it was four different people over the last few years of this podcast recommended this. And we have listened to some of the late era Suspense, including the very last episode of Suspense, mm-hmm. Devilstone, which was also a ghost story yeah. of a kind. And I thought... This was far better than Devilstone. <laughs> and so I thought we would give this late era of suspense another shot. I mean, we also listened to The Black Door, which yep. is a fairly late suspense. And you guys liked it a lot more than I did, but it's right. certainly better than some of the others I have heard. And so that's why I chose this one. Yeah, and in the setup in the intro, you know, for our podcast listener, I mean, it sounds like we're setting you guys up. Okay, get ready. B-list actors, crappy recycled scripts. Here we go. End of suspense on a ventilator. And I think that's a great way to set up because the expectation is not what you get. And it is definitely an example of late suspense succeeding. And 
I really did enjoy this. I have a couple of caveats, but overall, I really enjoyed it and was expecting it to just be terrible. And I thought you'd picked it to end our suspense rama so that we could end on something really, really, really terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so I was shocked to find out. I was like, well, when does this get bad, Joshua? This isn't bad. <laughs> Well, I put the context in about the time period because I think this is an episode I often hear listed as one of the exceptions to the rule of late era suspense. Yeah. I could hear it listening to the episode as I didn't beforehand go check out, like, when was this actually broadcast? But pretty quickly, like, this is late in the day suspense. Um, So I started judging it on that curve. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Which I can judge this one on the entire suspense curve, to be honest with you. Like, all of them. Uh, forget about A-list actors and all of that. I think it's a really good story and a good episode. And I think that especially the man actor, I, I really enjoyed his performance. The man actor. That's what I just said. <laughs> but the guy... Like an uh, actor who's a man. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? The, the man actor. Man actor. It sounds like manimal. It sounds like somebody <laughs> who turns into an actor during the full moon. <laughs> um. I really liked his performance. I liked his journey, not to be too theatery, but I did. I liked how, where he was at the beginning and where he was in that phone was ripped out of the wall and it kept ringing. I liked how he tried to hold it together and it's terrifying. I love the sound. Let's talk about the sound that he heard when he answered the phone. Yeah. And in part, because it is a little ridiculous, it's a Mm -hmm. little comical in there, the little high pitched noises. It's children laughing is, is what it? it sounds like to me yeah and yes. he says there's laughing it sounds like almost playground sounds to me but it's so barely that like oh is that children laughing you have that moment but then you go is it which makes it creepy as mm-hmm. f it makes it really a creepy sound and, and by the third time i heard it i was like is that the sound of children screaming yeah so <laughs> i get more frightened with each call just like the character. So it's a nice escalation of intensity. Uh, Kudos for the production value of coming up with that sound. And then the lady who says, you have to leave on the phone, is horrifying and fantastic as well. Well, it feels like a real argument, that argument at the end. They get really heightened and they just keep spinning their wheels. Like, we have to go. No, we have to go. No. And it feels like the way you would respond to that in real life. You wouldn't Mm -hmm. have this articulate (laughs) discussion (laughs) as um, phones that you've ripped out of the wall are still ringing and doorbells that you've torn out of their plug are still just screaming at them at the end. That final beat where the doorbell rings without a break and literally chases them from the house. It's the perfect punctuation to end the scene. I will say to add some little critiques here because there are some little critiques. I thought her arc in that end jumped really fast. Yes. Yeah, she went to hysterical without any steps in between. Well, I think that's set up with her character. Yeah. I think she's kept in the dark. Uh, She does not get to hear the other side of the phone call. And we've had... 20 minutes of buildup of her belief in psychic phenomenon and a guardian angel. So I believed that jump immediately. She's going to 100% not doubt anything and be, um, we've got to get out of here now. It's haunted. There are evil spirits. It worked for me. And, and I'll argue a, a third point about that jump, Tim, which I'm glad you brought up. And that is the thing that I didn't like about this is not their fault. It's not the fault of the writers, performers, 
suspense. It's that they only have 30 minutes because they have a great premise and a great setup that needs to cultivate longer. Why is the phone ringing? How is it ringing? What happened in that house? Like, there's so much mm. more we want it. We want no, to know. No, none of that. I don't want to know any of it. That's what makes a great ghost story. What I'm saying, though, is that Tim talks about we went from here to here quickly. We went from this story to wrapping it up quickly, is what I'm trying to get at. Like, it seemed like, oh, geez, we got to get this done in four minutes. All right, they're at the hotel. And they hear the news and this happened and they're trying to find these people. Not that any of it's bad. It just seemed rushed at the end. Like we've got to finish this. Yeah. I just feel like there's a a step missing of yes. When you realize this phone will not stop ringing. It's clear in the plot. Like this happens, this happens. They do this to pull the phone out and that. But for her character, I, I didn't really get the moment where it landed of any supernatural thing aside this noise is a hopeless, desperate situation. Mm-hmm. I did like his arc, though. I like how... And, I did and too. Joshua said it really well. It was like a real argument at the end, which was not an argument so much as... It seemed like real panic. That entire dialogue was written really well in the sense of they were not only fighting with each other about what to do, but really fighting out loud with their own brain. And, oh my God, what is this? What is that? And he went up and down in a few minutes like i'm panicking hold on hold on i'm not panicking okay i'm panicking okay i'm not i'm not okay wait and i I agree with joshua that the jump could be attributed to her hysterics because she knows what's going on or is it foreshadowing the final twist right because she's told by him that a woman's voice says to leave right now or get out i can't remember the exact phrasing of it and that's when she gets hysterical and I, the entire time, was thinking, okay, this is a haunting. These are evil spirits calling. It's a ghost calling. And then the twist, I think, works really well that it is her guardian angel that was telling them to leave the house. It still leaves some things unexplained yeah. because I do not know, was the house actually haunted? Did her guardian angel just save them from a natural occurrence? I loved that twist, but it also is in my head of like, that guardian angel just created a problem to solve it. <laughs> if it's haunted you're right but if it's not haunted if they mistook all of the guardian angel contacting them business as supernatural well it is supernatural but as evil forces and it was actually purely the guardian angel going um lightning's about to hit this house Mm. then it works somehow you still have to explain why the realtor was spooked out by the house and the movers but they also give you another possible explanation you know other young city couples moved out here and heard the tree branches scraping against the windows inside of the house and got freaked out i'm gonna tell you that i think it's a combination platter and here's why i think that the house is haunted and that the movers and the realtor and the fact that it's so cheap and the people move before all that is explainable if you go with it's haunted but then you say well, what's with the twist then? You can't have the... I think the kid thing that we're hearing on the phone is the haunting, and I think the woman's voice that we hear is the guardian angel. The question I have then is, why would the guardian angel get them into a haunted house? Of like, yeah, this is good rent for the Maudi if you just put up with the lightning strikes once in a while. Maybe and the I'll... guardian angel <laughs> didn't know it was a haunted house until they got there and went, oh, crap, I've guided her to a haunted house. And then the phone rang and it was all the... 
the ghost going, ah, we're scary children in a playground. And then she got on the phone and went, you got to get out of here. I've made a huge mistake. I've led you to a haunted house. Get out. And they also, the children control lightning. Um, so, <laughs> or the guardian angel has a part-time job at a daycare and she's calling on, a, she's calling on her break. Cause she was like, Oh crap. I forgot to warn him about the lightning bolt. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that is confusing. I like a ghost story that leaves you lots of room to wonder what happened. I think that's where it is unsettling mm-hmm. and a little frightening. And I yeah. think there's gotta be some significance to the fact that the death-dealing blow was lightning. And it is not a, a, a trope of ghost stories, controlling a storm outside. It's it's ambiance usually for a ghost story, but it makes me feel like this was a natural disaster and that the guardian angel just pointed him out to this house that was super cheap because someone thought it was haunted and it's a sleight of hand from a storytelling point of view yeah. of making my, the guardian angel appear as if she is a actual ghost my honest uh, uh vibe on it when i was listening was that this guardian angel figure like you want a house that is this and this and this i'll get you that house and it's haunted but i'll protect you that works too they will, after this lightning hits, they're going to move back in and just know that whenever the phone rings and there's kids, like, we got to leave for half an hour and we'll come back. Guardian yeah. angels are complicated. They really are. Yeah. Hopefully she has home insurance because <laughs> it exploded their living room. <laughs> and the house didn't catch on fire, by the way. But it destroyed the living room. I think it was like there's a husband and wife-shaped mark where, it, <laughs> where the weather was clearly aiming for them. Next time, young married couple. (laughs) Uh, One of my favorite things in the top half of this is how casual they are about his wife's belief in psychic powers and guardian angels. He's Uh, just like, oh, that again. Yeah, casual is a nice (laughs) way of saying, yeah, that's really unsupportive, dude. Like, shut up about that. Can we not? Can we have dinner? Like, wow, (laughs) stuff like that makes me crazy when I hear people talking to people like that, even in fiction. It makes me crazy. I had a different reaction. I always said by casual as in like, that seems like a big relational difference. Yeah. (laughs) You believe in psychic powers and guardian angels. I do not. Um, And so I thought it was the opposite, that he was pretty easygoing about it, like disagreeing about what television show they were going to watch tonight. Right. Yeah. I also like that. that I got the vibe of he might be a little more... uh, disparaging of it if there wasn't a uh, cheap rent house at the end of this experiment. (laughs) If it's working, go for it. Well, he says that, you know, if it turns out to be true, if this house is really that cheap, I will believe you about this guardian angel (laughs) nonsense. Yeah. And that's a cheap house. Yes. Again, I use my inflation calculator that that would be a rent of a thousand dollars. Wow. 115 bucks. For that kind of house? Yeah, I mean, you can get... Out in the country. Yeah, that's great. I'm mad. (laughs) That's great. Good for those guys. Good job. (laughs) Turns you into a farmer instantly. (laughs) I did love that conversation, though, and I think the script excels at that natural couple bantering. Like, uh, after they've moved in and the phone rings and he can't find the phone and uh, that instantly helps you imagine this living room piled with boxes and 
furniture in weird places. Yep. Um, and just they're joking about the poltergeist. And yep. um, it just all felt really natural and lull you into this false sense of security. While at the same time, you're totally anticipating at any moment <laughs> something terrible is going to happen. Yeah, you're right. Um, now that you say that, you can see the house just being moved into, can't you? Yeah, and it's constructed on these two really nice sound elements based in the two locations. We have the tiny apartment where the train keeps passing and drowning out their conversation and making them raise their voice. And then we obviously have the nightmarish um, sound elements at the uh, haunted house with the phones and doorbells. I loved the train element at the beginning. It came uh, like clockwork. They had to raise their voices. It was just loud enough to understand that that's a tough place to live, but production value-wise, we can still hear them or their conversation. Uh, I really enjoyed where they put me mentally in that scene. I also enjoyed the setup from the realtor about like, oh, it's cheap because uh, it has an old-fashioned phone with an operator. Well, on the one hand, it's kind of funny. It's not a really great excuse for how cheap this house is, uh, but it also sets up that creepy old-fashioned operator telling you um, there was no call placed to you. Right. But it also made me think, wouldn't it be great if you could really knock off that much money off your rent or mortgage by simply downgrading your phone a little? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'll get a flip phone and you can take a third off my mortgage. I wish, I get a landline with a rotary dial, half of my mortgage gone. I wish Xfinity would let me just buy internet and stop selling me the landline and all of these. I don't have a phone. I don't even have a thing to plug a phone into in my house. You know that? I don't even have a jack in my house. <laughs> you Yet, don't have jack. <laughs> I have a landline that's assigned to me because it's cheaper for some bundle package that I have to get to save 60 bucks a month to have landline. Mm and internet and cable. You know what you need? Mm. A guardian angel. (laughs) Right. Help you find a haunted bundle from Xfinity. (laughs) (laughs) Any other thoughts on this particular episode, gentlemen? No. Let's vote. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, then let's send it to the vote. Let's start with Tim. Coming into this discussion, I felt like, I like this, but, you know, it's late day suspense, so I'm kind of giving it the benefit of the doubt. Um, because I felt like the pace was a little slower at the top and a little rushed at the end. But after our discussion here, I began to appreciate a lot of what was going on in the beginning and not, not sweat so much over the pace of the end. So I like it even more now. I'm just say that I don't know I call this a classic, but it's an excellent episode and stands the test of time. I really enjoyed this episode. Uh, it really stands the test of time. It was frightening and heightening and had all of the suspenseful moments and great performances. I liked everything about it. The haste at the end that I'm talking about isn't so much I want to reveal an answer to everything that's going on. It just felt rushed like, oh, they really could have had more fun with another 15, 20 minutes of more scary. I think this could be an hour show of them freaking out about the phone ringing before (laughs) we get to the end. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think it's head and shoulders above Devilstone. Uh, <laughs> we've established that. Um, yeah. It is just confidently paced, well-performed and executed. The story is a little thin, but at 23 yep. minutes long, I don't think it outstays its welcome. And I, unlike Eric, really like that they condensed 15 minutes of scary into about seven. Yeah. But I think we got the same amount of scary. Right. It was just intensified, and I really enjoyed that. I don't think it's a classic, but it's definitely one of the... St- strongest suspense productions from the late 60s that I have heard. I definitely think it stands the test of time. You know, as shown by recent streaming hits like The Haunting of Hill House, like people still love a good 
ghost story. And I think this provides it. Whether or not it's actually a ghost story, maybe it's just a guardian of angel story. I don't know. But I like the fact that it doesn't give you all the answers. And it sets out and proves once again that in the right context, and the right setting, children laughing is a terrible thing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I forgot to mention the commercials, though. I really did like... I'd never heard the Pepsi commercial to the yep. tune of Making Whoopi, yep. which was ridiculous. Yep. Uh, one thing I really liked was the ad for uh, CBS World News. Just the fact that there was a time when a major network thought they could attract listeners by name-checking the Battle of Waterloo right. and Walden Pond. Like Transcendentalism will get people to listen to our <laughs> news report, but it just felt old-timey and... Like, I could tune into that and there'd be no bickering pundits or tweets of the week. It would be so or <laughs> relaxing. Or, com- or comment section. Uh, <laughs> I wrote down after listening to that, because the line in there is, you know, people want to know everything instantaneously that's going on around the world. And I wrote down, careful what you wish for. You really, <laughs> you really don't, because it becomes overwhelming and anxiety inducing. I wish that we could just read the newspaper at night once a day. all right tim tell them stuff please go visit ghoulishdelights.com that is the home of this podcast you'll find a whole bunch of episodes there you can uh comment on episodes you can vote in polls to let us know what you think you can link to our social media pages we have a facebook conversation group you can click on that and link to it and do internet stuff and comment and send us a message. If you have suspense or other shows that you want to listen to, send us a message. We'll add it to our list, get to it eventually. Uh, You can also link to our YouTube channel. We got some YouTube stuff going on. Uh, It's mostly just the podcast, (laughs) but still, you can... You can... (laughs) It's something like a diagnosis from a doctor you got some youtube stuff going on you're gonna you need some antibiotics oh, it sounded to me like three old men trying to describe what they're trying to do that was what that was accurate yes oh we have, yeah youtube uh, you can also go to patreon.com slash the morals and support this podcast we have all sorts of different contribution levels with corresponding rewards including but not limited to mysterious old radio buttons cards uh members only podcasts zoom happy hours tote bags we're getting into the npr area (laughs) look out Uh, so please consider becoming a member today. Got a YouTube thing going on in my NPR area. <laughs> <laughs> also, we have a theatrical division of the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society where we do original and recreation of old radio drama. Uh, we used to be on stage, but of course in 2020 we're doing it via Zoom and online. Our partner theater is Park Square Theater. That's where we perform, and they're in St. Paul, Minnesota. But you can go to parksquaretheater.org during this pandemic times and get a ticket and listen uh, and watch us perform uh, old-time radio shows. Uh, gather around the computer and listen just like old times. All right, uh, what's coming up next? Next is episode 200 of this podcast, Yay! believe it or not. And we are celebrating with our sixth and final installment of the Suspensorama. And it is The Hitchhiker. Until then... The man actor, I, I really enjoyed his performance. The man actor. That's what I just 
but the guy it's like uh, an actor who's a man yeah you know what i'm saying the, the man actor man actor sounds like manimal it sounds like somebody <laughs> we turns into an actor during the full moon <laughs> um manimal 